Buckle up for AEC Trailblazers, the Founders Files, where we crack open the stories of the brightest minds in the AEC startup scene. Forget institutional pitches, while diving deep into the real personal journeys of these industry disruptors. Get ready for some casual chats firsthand. Let's let's get started. Uh, we have here today with us uh, Altaf. Um, I'm not sure. I want to describe yourself. You have done some incredible things. So, where do you go and, and introduce yourself, Alda? Sure. Thank you so much, Valentin, for having me on this on this podcast. So, just to give you an intro about myself. So, uh, I'm the founder of a company called Snaproad. Uh, we are building a modern, collaborative, 3D building design tool or a BIM tool. Uh, so to say, in very simplistic terms. So we are trying to modernize a very important part of the design to construction workflow, the early stage design part, making it more collaborative, making it more data driven, and making it simpler in, in very simple terms. Uh, I come from a research background prior to starting Snaproot. I uh, was very much heads down, focused on academic research, uh, built a lot of stuff on top of photogrammetry, like the foundations of photogrammetry back in the day, 2012, 13, 14. Uh, we applied it to a cultural heritage site, a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 3D. And uh, we, we were able to move the needle a lot on that front. But I think uh, as an outsider, I got attracted towards architecture, started working with architects and saw that there's so much potential uh, to bridge gaps in the workflows which are there and the impact is so huge in this industry and i think i fell in love with the process of design and construction and here we are seven eight years later still yeah. in the industry and and you did it and i i remember that when we met and i, I already told you this that um you speak and you sound uh so humble that for, for everybody who is out there uh jesus raised 14 million dollars from some amazing venture capitals like Fundamental and Axel India. Uh, just tell me, what did you bought for yourself with that amount of money? Oh, like that's the companies. Like it's not about your personal stuff at all. So I think uh, what this helps us just uh, to reflect back on all the uh, recent two fundraisers that we have done is ability to double down on our vision. Uh, which is we are not just trying to build a design tool, but we are trying to cloudify design authoring, uh, which is right from early stage towards even construction, probably. And we internally call it as an operating system for design to construction workflows. I think this enables us to move faster towards that goal. Um, it's an arduous journey, might take next five, seven years. But I think all of this momentum just helps us get there faster. So uh, we are expanding our team globally. We now have uh, teammates globally. Like in, Of course, we started in India. We have a reasonably growing team in the US. We have a team in Argentina. We have uh, people in Brazil now. A uh, few people who are consulting us are in Europe as well. So it's truly become a global team. And I think all of this helps us get to our goals faster and realize that dream basically you you make it sound so so easy but you, you know that this last year 
uh, economy was so bad for startups in general, right? Uh, even even in November, like the unicorn beef, uh, they went bankrupt. It was one of the largest startups of the construction industry. Uh, what what would you say that help you develop like a solid business plan with uh, financial projections so you can attract investors in a year that was so hard as 2023? I think at the end of the day, it's all about fundamentals. Uh, fundraising is definitely a mixture of great storytelling um, and proof points to show that the story okay. can be true or is becoming closer towards being realized. Um, and I think that's worked well. Look, behind us raising these two rounds in a year, there were four years of very much heads down time of just building without making any noise. So we started way back in late 2017 with this idea. Like even Figma was not even popular when we started building Snapdoo. It was a very first principles approach that we need to digitize and modernize the, the design tools. And since then, we actually raised our first round in December 2017 by Axel. Uh, since then, to 2023 uh, January, we did not make any press releases about the fundraise. So there's a lot of heads down time. Uh, and I think it was more about focusing on the fundamentals. Are we building something which people want? And are we focusing on a market which is large enough and able to show, show progress? that we're able to make a significant attempt at changing the market and being making a presence felt in the market. I think that story and the proof that we are making it happen over the last four or five years shows that we are serious about it and we are not here only for a few months and just will change our path. I think that has been one of the biggest helping points uh, for us to raise money. Yeah, I I bet you're building an amazing product, but even even when you have an amazing product, there's a lot of hard work. Like like you said, you started like five years ago. So you get you got your first round, and then your second round, you got it after five long years. Uh, I met a lot of people who think that you have to build your startup, and then after the second or third year, you're gonna get millions, or you're gonna have a successful startup. But in reality, it's more of what you did, right? A lot of hard work. Um, and, and related with that, I, I'm just curious, like you have a product that is uh, really not it, that it takes a lot of stuff, like you said, from Figma and uh, a lot of the, take a lot of stuff that needs, needed to be automated on the architecture workflows. Um, but in reality, and I have experienced this a lot, it's hard to sell to companies in the AC. Like a lot of people still think like, yeah, we need technology, but they're not willing to invest on it or they're not willing to try new things. How you did it? How do you make a lot of people start using a uh, product su such cool as Snapchat? I 100% agree that it's very harder to sell in the AEC industry. Uh, more harder on the A side uh, is what I feel. Um, and also you have to realize why. Then you fundamentally ask the question why you'll understand the reasons. If you look at AEC, it's a very low margin business. Uh, we eat architecture, we eat construction. And when you're operating in a low margin business uh, and when work is happening, it's not like they're not able to complete their work. Uh, any amount of risk that they take with the new technology has a huge 
risk factor that their margins will reduce or go away and they their it's like it's a it's a consulting business or a contracting business right so if those margins go away they don't have vc money to back them to survive they go bankrupt so they have to deal with this fact on a regular basis so they have to make money and in that sense they would be very very objective in taking decisions is this really going to help me become better i don't want to be a guinea pig for any new technology and i suffer the consequence of it by going bankrupt whereas if you look at tech startups when you're selling to tech startups um the margins look very very different like if you are building a software as a as a service company a saas startup or a desktop software company the margins are the gross margins are upwards of 80% then you can actually experiment but like if you are operating with 6 to 10% margins very hard and that's why they need something which is really proven and to be able to really prove you need to put in that hard work of having the product which is solved for those edge cases you can build the trust and that's why these legacy companies have done that like kudos to them like whatever uh, people have complaints about the big companies like autodesk and and, and trimbles etc they have built those solid products without which the buildings which we are seeing around us will not be built uh, that effectively so it takes effort let's embrace it let's make sure we put all the hard work in building these solid products and make sure we deliver them well to the audience which is willing to pay if you prove it just that you need to prove it no that 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 makes sense i i'm an architect or I used to be. I'm a rehab architect. I work in tech like you do now. Uh and and I know about the margins. Like when I started as an architect, I was an intern. I used to get like just pennies for my work. And and it was not because my boss was getting rich. It was because the margins were so low and every time I tried to introduce a new idea, they were like, "We don't have any time. We have to produce. They're going to charge us for the hours we do for a project." So, so it was hard to implement uh, a, a new product, but 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 I agree with you. If you're able to show value, show return of investment, like obviously they will they will accept to do it. But but again, the the hardest part of the AC is the A for sure for sure. Um, and what what do you think it's gonna be uh, the next like milestones that are gonna enable the industry to like keep up with with all the different technologies that are out there compared to other industries you know like fintech or other uh, amazing industries are all the time experimenting with new technologies what do you think are the milestones that are going to change our industry i think if you're looking at general trends as per se um the major trends which has changed globally the baby connect etc is, is internet internet leading to cloud i think the next big wave was accessibility of a smartphone and all of these have started showing some results even in our industry the next big revolution people are talking about is ai i think that will also start it's still not objectively useful in our industry because it's very much more of a gimmick i would say still it might become useful down the line i think uh, it's less about one trend that will change it's about how that trend will become useful and solve core problems within the industry like if that is being proven out and uh whoever the customer is be it architect or a construction company 
can feel it for themselves that their business is becoming better because of this. Their margins are becoming better by this. I think that will be the transformative moment. So for new AC startups, uh, what to look for is be close to their customers uh, or potential customers, observe and become one of them. Because if you don't walk a mile in the other person's shoes, you don't know how it feels like. And if you don't know how it feels like, you're creating hypothetical solutions which are looking for problems. Go realize those problems, understand what it means to run a business of that scale, of that kind. And then whatever problems you see, you can solve them creatively with whatever trend which is there. Be it a smartphone, be it AI, be it cloud. Those are just technologies. At the end of the day, you're looking to solve problems. If you know those well, use whatever you can and solve it. Yeah, that that sounds so simple, but like I've met so many entrepreneurs that they have gone bankrupt and you ask the question like how many clients do you have or what's your problem? It's like, no, we we never we were able to even get clients. And for me it's like it's crazy that you didn't even find the problem and you already started creating the product and then you tried to solve the problem or you tried to, to get clients. So it, it sounds simple, but sometimes it's it's tempting, you know, when you're building a product to, like, basically start creating features that you think are amazing, but you your clients might not think they're amazing. So uh, uh, it, it's hard. It sounds simple, but sometimes it's really hard. Um, and related with this, what what do you think is the biggest value that Snapchat Big brings to the industry? Our thesis has been that. Design workflows are very, very siloed and broken. Uh, siloed because of people, uh, that people are disconnected. Siloed because data is disconnected. Siloed because softwares are disconnected. We said, can we unify all of these three? And that can actually solve some of the major problems. So if you look at design to construction, it's not a linear workflow. You don't do concept, then you go into schematic, then you go to design development, then you do construction. It looks linear, but there's a lot of iteration because it's a design. You have to go back and forth. You do changes. And each time you're doing back and forth iteration, you're taking decisions. Hundreds of them, thousands of them. Each design decision has an impact. Has an impact on some other stakeholder, has an impact on some data. That data would be like the budget of the project that data would be sustainability or anything. How can you unify all of these things? Which is, as I am allowing you to design and iterate, give you access to real-time feedback. Oh, this wall that you've moved to increase the size of your bedroom in the unit plan will lead to $30,000 worth of impact on your project budget. Oh, this will lead to this kind of an impact on a neighborhood building's uh, shadow uh, approach. Uh, this also has to be, you have to take feedback from other stakeholders, like a sustainability consultant, an electrical consultant, a general contractor, like bringing their data upstream. I think if you are able to do this, you can actually not just fasten the process of design by iterating faster, but also lead to better designs being finalized. So our idea is, if you can help people collaborate as they're designing from the earlier stages, of course, do it in the most simplistic possible manner. 
uh, and bring in the ability to look at real-time data along with real-time feedback from people, magic will happen. And I think that hypothesis is playing out very, very well. It, it makes sense. And I feel that there are, there are concepts that um, might, might sound super simple in other industries, like like you said with Figma, that you can collaborate at the same time or uh, Google Docs or whatever. But in our industry, you're one of the first ones that have introduced designing at the same time. Even with Rabbit, it might sound that you're doing everything in live, but you're not. And it, it takes so much time to synchronize or like I'm not saying anything against Rabbit. I'm just saying that uh, just really small things can have huge impact on, on the process. So I agree completely on that. And, uh, and also, like, I have a question in terms of what is the, the idea behind the snap truth? Because typically when you're building a product, like long term, I'm speaking, you, you always want to either disrupt an industry. Like, I don't know, you want to, Elon Musk, they want to send people with hype with, with, with the rockets to Mars and they want to co completely change the industry. Or you can be a player that just works with other players, for example, connecting data between all different platforms, whatever. Um, what, what do you think? What's the path that you have chosen for Snaptooth uh, on our industry and why? We look from a slightly different thinking perspective, which is what do we want to do? We want to help the industry design and build better, efficient, more sustainable buildings faster. Whatever it takes to achieve this goal. So 10 years later or 15 years later, if I walk into a city, if we can point to buildings, oh, this building, this building, this building is designed better, more efficient, more sustainable because we were involved, that would be a satisfactory note of achievement that we want to get. What would it take for us to get there? I think those are all the nuances which we'll figure out. Do we need to displace a tool? Do we need to change the workflow? Do we need to create a new workflow? I think we'll do some of them, all of them, time will tell. But right now, what we are doing is we are focusing on early stage design, collaboration, and bringing data to the forefront of the design workflow. And we feel that this has some impact which can help us get there. So let's start here. But the eventual vision which I talked about was building an operating system from going from here design into construction itself is what we feel is a logical path to get, get there. But I think this thesis will be dictated by the people whom we work with and what direction we think along with them, we lead us there versus creating something new. We are thinking from this perspective as this is our end goal. Let's work backwards from that. I like it. Trying to just solve the problem no matter what it takes compared to just be the most amazing tool on this or that. Uh, I like it. I like it. You, you even sound like an architect. I remember that every time I designed a building or something and I, I went again to the place where it was built, I was like, oh, I work on that project or oh, I work in that project as well. And you, you sound like, like an architect already, even when you're not coming from our industry. And, and that leads me to, to another question. When, like every time, like a couple of years ago when I started in tech, uh, our industry is so hard, so closed, and so behind in terms of technology that at the beginning I thought, 
the person who is going to change our industry has to be someone that comes from the industry, like an architect or like an engineer. Then uh, a lot of people like yourself prove me wrong that it's not the case. If I, I now tend to think that you have more advantages if you don't come from our industry because you're not biased. But can you tell me, for, for you, what are the, like, the most important learnings that you can tell to new entrepreneurs that want to you know, start on the AC uh, ecosystem? What do you think are the most important things uh, that they need to take into account? I think being an outsider definitely helped me personally because I can tell you from my experience. And I have this thesis, like uh, there's this famous Steve Jobs uh, quote that you can only start connecting the dots looking backwards and not looking forwards, right? Uh, so acquiring as much knowledge from as many disciplines as possible will help you create those dots which you can connect later on. So with me and the team which we have personally, they come from various backgrounds. We have a lot of architects within the team who have been involved in actual projects, seen them through construction. We have people who come from computational design. We have people who are solid geometrical mathematicians. And when you bring all of these interdisciplinary domains and thought processes into the mix, and when you're a student of the game of the industry, which I tried spending a lot of time in because I was building plugins initially before started doing Snaproot, you can actually connect the dots. Oh, I learned it from this industry uh, that this is a thesis which has worked very well for them. Can it apply over here? Oh, this is a new trend in technology that is happening. Here's what I'm observing a problem. I think this problem can be solved better if the solution can be solved in this creative manner. I think the more knowledge that you assemble, the way to connect the dots is what the wisdom is about, which as you mature, you'll figure it out. And once you have a good enough team, they'll start connecting those dots and solving those problems. So just being the student of the game, being closely observing the industry and acquiring as much knowledge as possible from various domains will help you creatively solve these things. Uh, that I think is is the fundamental thinking, like very first principles. Yeah, just staying humble and staying open to any type of knowledge. We, I feel that when you are either an architect or an engineer, you end up always learning more about your trade, right? Like I'm a, I don't know, an architect. I will learn how to design buildings better and details and and you start learning more and more deep knowledge on the same thing and not learning about, I don't know, marketing, sales, IT, uh, whatever, even all the industries, right? I feel that any, any knowledge can be used. I, I agree on that. Um, but, but, at, but at the same time, I admire that you're those kind of founders, you're a technical founder, but at the same time, you know how to sell your product. So and that's, not, that's not a common thing. Typically, you either have someone who has a great idea and then hires a software team, but they don't have a clue on how to do it. Or you're a technical person who can build an amazing product, but you, you cannot speak to anybody or sell a product to anybody because you don't want to or you don't have the skills for it. And you have both, I feel a little bit of both worlds. Uh, do you think this is an advantage and that everybody needs to have both skills or you can create a company on just being a technical person or a salesperson? Um, I, I'm glad that you feel that I have uh, both capabilities, but I think foundationally, the most important skill is storytelling. 
for a for a founder CEO. Nothing else matters as much as the skill does. If you can tell a story uh, in a very cohesive manner and show progress on that story that you are actually showing proof, you will be able to sell to your customers saying that yes, these people are promising and making progress on solving my problem because they care. You can also sell to your teammates who want who are betting their careers to come and work with you, uh, with investors who are betting that you will win this market or like make make a huge um, piece piece of this market. I think storytelling is by far the most important skill. Technical skills for me personally, since I was from a research and like kind of computer science background, in some form, even though my uh, undergrad was not technically computer science, but like I've been only programming uh, for for most of it. Uh, it helps. Uh, it did help that I was able to work with the team, uh, build small prototypes initially, and I used to code up until probably one and a half, close to two years ago. But then there's a point when you can't. I've been through that, and it, at, at the beginning, it's really sad because you want to go back to coding and. And it's it's hard to stop doing it. <laughs> I, I've been through that, and I and I feel you. Uh, but eventually, you just stop doing it and and forget like uh, being part of the, the development team. Um, yeah. But when you have exceptionally great uh, great engineers within the team, you don't want to be involved. Like now, I would say like I wouldn't match their caliber. Yeah, true. Uh, I don't know if it happened to you, but what what. When I started doing that, like, and stop, gradually started stopping uh, coding. It, I got to a point that when every time I I added a couple of lines, I was not helping, but I was just being someone in the middle. When it, and it's hard, you know. It's 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 like being a grandpa and kids telling you like, no, you cannot play with us anymore. You're you're old. You cannot run or whatever. I don't know. It felt like that to me. I don't know if it happened the same to you. Yeah, very similar. But I'm just curious, the, because you were the one coming with the idea. Do you feel there, on a personal level, like there are uh, personality traits or life events that impact on the snap troops design? Startups generally are not linear, right? Like like in any other thing in life, it's a lot of ups and downs. And I think for us, it was very clear that the the place where we want to go to uh, is very very far away. Uh, we were naive enough to say that we will get there soon enough, but one thing which we had is the ability to persevere for a really long time. And I think generally uh, that trait within the entire team uh, that we are making progress, even though we can't show the progress to the outside world, but internally we are seeing that we are making progress over the course of the last, uh, the early three to four years, really mattered a lot. And I think we, as a team, became very, very solid with our understanding of what it takes to build a software in this space, what is enough, what is the minimum bar for a minimum viable product in this space or an acceptable version of the product. I think all of a lot of those things became very, very clear as we persevered through all the problems that came in, like scrapping things and restarting multiple times when things are uh, not working the way you expect them to work, um, a lot of those things do definitely help. But like the journey is always very oscillating, right? Even now, uh, uh, like every 
week, every day is unique. It's a unique event. And uh, somebody who has uh, been much ahead of a journey, the founders whom I speak with, they all say, as you progress through the life of a company, it always gets uh, harder. Uh, it always gets more challenging. It's different challenging, but it always gets challenging and, and harder. And I think that's something which I have also personally experienced in the last five years. And you just got to embrace it. You have to be a student of the game, keep learning, and you will upskill yourself at every stage of the journey of the company. No, that, that, that makes sense. And you bring a really interesting topic that I was speaking to a, to a, uh, a businessman that has a large company in the US and I, and I was telling the guy like, you know what, you, you have a great company now, it's a large company for you things are easier than a smaller company. He was, well, the, the harder you are, uh, the harder you fall because it's much, it's, it's much more difficult to sustain a large company than a smaller company that maybe if you have a smaller company, just hire two or three developers and, and then you can keep going you have a large company, you might go bankrupt from one day to the other. So um, I agree with you and you bring an interesting topic and, and also the fact that you, you mentioned about people and, and having an amazing team. And do, what, what do you look for, or like what qualities or skills do you look up when you have to interview someone and so you can bring it up to Snapchat? That's, that's a pretty interesting, I think like, for sure, I agree on the fact that people, the most important part of a company, uh, because at the end of the day, a company is what the people are. Uh, and whenever I personally interview people or talk to people who I want to join is, uh, it's less about skill, more about passion and the ability to, uh, ability to give uh, give a shit is, is what I what the word I use uh, about what we are doing and I think if you can see that which is in a way uh, can be translated to passion uh, matters the most to me and I like that that's something which I really really look for skills can be learned um, and even if they are okay on the skills front but like really really passionate and want to prove something out and will do whatever it takes to get to the end of it I think Nothing can supersede that quality. And you think that's something that they have they have to come with, or something that you can inspire them to become? I think to an extent you can inspire, but I think a lot of it is comes from within, as a as a person. Like um, startups are hard, and if you just want to relax and like have have a reasonable job uh, and uh, not contribute much you can get along within in a lot of rules but in startups unfortunately you have to give your everything and i think when you're giving your everything it's a natural trait that you need to have uh, you can inspire it to an extent but i think it it is it is a two-directional yeah. quality yeah, I, I agree, and and I don't feel it's something easy to find out there. Uh, it, it, it is it is hard. Like, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I always say. Like, if we we see everybody would be a millionaire or have amazing startups. Uh, true, true. Yeah, I feel that you answer a lot of questions that are really exciting. Uh, and sometimes you don't have the chance to ask someone who is a successful company like yours. So thanks for being open and give us all that amazing wisdom. Of course, congrats on all your achievements. And I cannot wait to see what are the next steps for Snapchat. Thanks to our listeners. If you like this content, you can find past and upcoming episodes in asuworks.everse.com and at all of our Ever social media. We'd love to hear from you and recommendations for new content, so leave us a DM and we'll make sure to catch you.